Welcome to the podcast of Grandview Baptist Church in Anchorage, Alaska. This episode contains a sermon from November 20th by Brother Todd Burgess, titled Matthew chapter 5, verse 31. Good morning. It's good to see everyone here this morning. If you have your Bibles, let's go ahead and open up to Matthew 5. Uh, We'll be focusing on verse 31 this morning. Now, 27 to 32 is all one section, and so we need to make sure, remember that. And last week we looked at, and actually the last several weeks, we've been looking at how Jesus is confronting self-righteousness. You know, we look first at, at if you're, Jesus said, if you're angry, you've committed murder. It's that, it's that internal motive that's there, the internal sin, where we want to justify our actions. And the same thing is true here when Jesus says that if, you have that, if you've lusted after another, another man, another woman, you've committed adultery already in your heart. It's that internal self-righteousness that we want to cling to, want to hold to, and justify our actions well, it's okay because of this. Well, it's all right because of that. And folks, we have to re- recognize as a child of God, it's not all right. We have to recognize as a child of God that sin is sin and that sin begins in our hearts. It's because of the condition of our heart sin exists. And sin goes from internal to external. And so that's what Jesus is doing. He's confronting all the, the, the misinterpretations of Scripture, of the Jews in his day. And the same thing is true in our day today. We want to misinterpret Scripture because it makes us feel justified in what we're doing. And today we're dealing again with marriage. You know, there's two institutions that, that God established the first institution, you may not call it this way, but it is life itself. In the image of God, he created him man and woman. And that's the first thing this world always attacks, is the sanctity of life. And we've talked about that. The second institution is that of marriage, from which we get families. And that's always the other attack that this world that Satan does, he attacks marriage. He attacks the family. Because if you get rid of the sanctity of life and the sanctity of marriage, everything can fall apart. And we're going to see that. See, in verse 31, Jesus is focusing on the false teaching, the wrong teaching, wrong interpretation of Scripture. Now, next week, verse 32, Jesus gives us his interpretation of Scripture. But today is the interpretation of the scribes and Pharisees and and even in our world today. See, verse 31 says, It has been said, Whosoever shall put away his wife, let him give her a writing of divorcement. That was it. That's all that was necessary. Okay? Okay? See, when people read God's word through the lenses of their own preconceptions, a confusion exists. A wrong picture is developed. And the confusion is not with God or his word. The confusion is with us and our interpretation of God's word. 
because we were seeing it through our own self-righteousness. See, the Bible only teaches one view about divorce and remarriage. And that's what Jesus is going to teach in verse 32, and we'll go to that next week. Yet like many people today, the Jews of Jesus' day, they typified by the scribes and Pharisees, had developed their own standards of divorce and remarriage, which they taught as God's standards, and it was not. Which is why in this passage, Jesus here continues to correct that erroneous teaching and doctrine and will replace it with the truth, the right interpretation of the word of God. And so according to the scribes and Pharisees of Jesus' day, all they needed for divorce was a writing of divorcement. Now this, this comes from the Old Testament, Deuteronomy chapter 24, verses 1 through 4. And so what we're going to look at here, it says, When a man hath taken a wife and married her, and it come to pass that she find no favor in his eyes, because he hath found some uncleanness in her. Now that's a key word, that uncleanness. Let them write her a bill of divorcement, and give it in her hand, and send her out of his house. And when she is departed out of his house, she may go and be another man's wife. And if the latter husband hate her and write her a bill of divorcement and give it into her hand and send her out in his house, or if the latter husband die, which took her in to be his wife, her former husband, which sent her away, may not take her again to be his wife. After that, she has been defiled, for that is an abomination for the Lord, and thou shalt not cause the land to sin. There's a key right there. The land to sin which the Lord thy God hath given thee for an inheritance. You know what happens when God's people honor God and rightly divide the word of truth and live by those truths? The land prospers. The land's fruitful. But when they reject the truth of God's word, one of the first curses that God Institutes in Israel and any nation is the land stops producing like it should. Folks, we can see that in our own country today. Famines, floods, everything going on. Why? Because we're not holding to the word of God. And I'm not talking the world out there. I'm talking, quote, the church should be holding to the truths. And so when you look at this, this passage, this bill of divorcement in Deuteronomy 24, this is the first mention in the word of God. And so when you have that first mention, that law of first mention, that defines what it should be throughout all of a scripture. And so you need to understand what it's teaching here. And so through Moses, God recognized and permitted divorce under certain circumstances when it was accompanied by a bill of writing, a bill of divorcement. But what we have to understand is when God said this, when he wrote this through Moses, he did not condone or command divorce at any time ever. He allowed it. Never commanded it. Never, in, never condones it. He never wants it. 
See, God's permission for divorce was but another accommodation of his grace because of our sin. Because we are sinners saved by grace. In fact, in Matthew 19, verse 8, it says, He saith unto them, Moses, this is Jesus, speaking about Deuteronomy, Moses, because of the hardness of your hearts, talking to the nation of Israel back in Moses' day, their hardness of their hearts because of where they were suffered you to put away your wives. But he says, but from the beginning, it was not so. And so the bill or writing of divorce did not make the divorce right. We need to understand that. It never makes a divorce right. But only gave the woman some protection in Moses' day and, 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 and here following to protect her reputation from slander and provide proof of, of her legal freedom from her former husband and her consequent right to remarry. But now, I told you that word uncleanness is real important, right? What, under, under Moses, what was the judgment for actual adultery? That's right, death to both the man and the woman involved. They were to be stoned to death. So this uncleanness we see here that, Jesus, that, that Moses wrote and that Jesus is talking about includes every kind of improper, shameful, or indecent behavior unbecoming of, of a woman and embarrassing to her husband. But it doesn't involve actual adultery. It doesn't involve the actual sexual relationship that has to take place, the fornication that actually has to happen, because that was condemned by death. So it was everything leading up to that point. We need to understand that. And so what kind of indecency then would lead to the bill or writing of divorcement? Well, must have been sins of unfaithfulness, of promiscuity that stopped just short of the act of adultery. That's what we need to see. And many times, it can be just not on the woman's part, but a lot of time on the man's part. Because he, as we know from Jesus, because of his own lust, well, she's not satisfying, you're out, writing him a divorcement. And how he can go after his lust, whatever he has over here. It protects the woman. See, a lot of times we misinterpret that and think, oh, she's doing all these wrong things. But no, Jesus said it's the hardness of their own hearts. Their own self-righteousness is why they put away their wives with the right end of divorcement. Because of their own lust, they want this or that. Let's get it straight here. See, at any rate, in Deuteronomy 24, it's clear that if the woman remarried and was divorced again, or even if her second husband died, she could not remarry the first husband. So what was Jesus, what was Moses truly teaching here? He said he was teaching about remarrying, about avoiding what's called adultery. 
and remarrying the wife that had been put aside. See, the Lord's primary purpose here was not to give an excuse for divorce, but to show the potential of evil. His intention was to provide for, but not prevent. And see, that's, that's God's grace to protect and provide for that woman who was cast aside by her husband for whatever reason. And as Moses, Jesus said, the hardness of his own heart. That's what it was done. See, the Bible's teaching on divorce cannot be understood apart from the teaching on marriage. We can't separate the two. Think about this. Immediately after God created the woman, he declared this in Genesis 2.24. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife. And they shall be what? One flesh. One flesh. See, marriage was God's plan from the beginning, not man's. It's God's word. And in the deepest sense, every couple that has ever been married, whether believers or not, participates in a union established by the creator himself, by God himself. Whether this world wants to recognize or not makes no difference. They will face Almighty God one day and have to answer for what they have done to his established covenant of marriage. Today, what's going on in our world today? What's going on in our nation right now? It's a lie. Respect for Marriage Act. Now, folks, I, I, I don't preach against politics, this or that. It doesn't matter to me. But I do preach when things go against God's word. And the, and the Respect for Marriage Act is nothing but a lie. All it's doing, it is allowing anyone who loves someone can be allowed to get married. Doesn't matter. Man, man, woman, woman. Doesn't matter. It's going to go far beyond that. Okay? It doesn't matter. It's an attack against the word of God. It's an attack against what God established in marriage. It's an attack. You know, when we, when we look at what's going on, see, cleave unto carries that idea of firm, permanent attachment. And what I, what I thought about was, you know, I've done a lot of woodworking. You take two pieces of wood and you plant them down and you, and, 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 and you, you, you joint the corners just right and you, and you glue those two pieces together and you hold them tight and they glue together. They become one board. You want to know how I know become, they become one board? Because you go to ever try to go back and break that board apart, I promise you it will not break where you glued it together. It will never break that way. 
Because that glue holds a bond that is stronger than the wood itself. And so it breaks some over the place and it doesn't break clean. It breaks and splinters all over the place. What happens in divorce? People are hurt. Regardless of who is at fault, people are hurt because it's never a clean break. Because the two have become one flesh, the Bible says. That is physical, that is spiritual, that's everything together. It draws oneness. And so in marriage, God brings a husband and wife together in a unique physical and spiritual bond that reaches to the very depths of their souls. It's a bond the Lord intends to be indestructible, indissolvable, as long as both partners are alive together and living together in oneness. But again, the problem of marriage, like problems in every other area of earthly existence, began with the fall, began with sin. In our human nature, we rebel against God's standards, God's word. Because we don't like what it says. And so we justify our own actions. See, when you look at the fall, Adam and Eve, when he sinned, when Adam sinned, it brought a separation between man and God first. That's one of the consequences. The Lord could no longer come down and walk with Adam and Eve as he did. It brought a separation of the man and nature. The, cursed, the ground was cursed. It could no longer produce the bounty that it was because of Adam, out of the sweat of his brow, he had to toil to produce, to produce the land. And it brought a separation of husband and wife. Now, see, we see this in Genesis chapter 3, verse 16, where God's curse on Eve and all women after her was very clear. It says, under the woman he said, now this is a curse, remember this. I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy, concept, and thy conception, and sorrow thou shalt bring forth children. Now, ladies, you understand that. I mean, if you had a child, you understand. That's, it's there. But this, this is the next part that I'm looking at. And thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. That's a curse. This isn't a desire to help the husband. After all, what did Adam say when, when Eve was created? She shall be a help to me. That's that one flesh, and they'll work together in harmony and unity for God's purpose. But here the curse is, thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. See, the curse on Adam and every man was this in Genesis 3.17. And unto Adam he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree that I have commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it, cursed be the ground for thy sake, in sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. And so the fall distorted and perverted the marriage relationship. And because that word in, in verse 16, the desire, that's where the key comes from. The wife's desire for a husband would no longer to be a desire to help, but a desire to control him. What do you see today? 
This is the birth of the women's liberation movement in our modern tongue. That's what's taking place. You ever, guys, we like to watch things that are upfront, strong, violent, sometimes destroyed, blow up, whatever, you know, man's man type of thing. Ladies like to watch just the opposite. What do you see in, 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 in a lot of shows that are geared toward ladies? What do you see? We look at the characters. The men are usually subservient. Usually they're, they're, they're the brunt of the jokes. They, have, they cannot make any decisions. You know? That's that, mo- that's most, that's that movement that he goes forth. What, what, what you see here, folks, her desire is to control her husband. That's, 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 that's the curse. That's the sin. But the man's part is the man shall rule over her. This, the man's going to say, you're going to do what I say. You're going to obey me. You see, that's that chauvinism that comes out. See, that's where marriage is fighting. It's not God's picture that God ordained. And that's the curse. That's what divorce does. See, at the fall, the battle of the sexes began. We see women's liberation and male chauvinism have ever since been clouding and corrupting God's divine plan for marriage. See, Today, so many people claim to be led of the Lord to get a divorce and to have the peace of God and God's blessing for their divorce from their spouse. I'm here to tell you, they're lying to themselves. I don't care what situation it was. They're lying to themselves. Because what does the Bible say? Malachi 2.16 For the Lord, the God of Israel, saith that he hateth putting away. That's divorce. For one covereth violence with his garment, saith the Lord of hosts. Therefore take heed to your spirit that ye deal not treacherously. You know what happens with divorce? Violence. They're trying to cover up all the wrong that either the man or the woman or both parties are involved with and trying to justify it. See, without exception, divorce is a product of sin between a husband and wife. And God hates it. He detests it. He refers to it as an abomination. And so regardless of how sinful one spouse may have become, God never commands divorce, never endorses divorce, never blesses divorce, but he does allow it. And we have to understand that. He does allow it. Matthew 19, verse 6. It says, wherefore, they are 
no more twain but one flesh. Now this is Jesus. What therefore God hath joined together, let no man put asunder. What does God say? I joined husband and wife together. There is not a man, a law on earth that will separate what I have joined together, God says. We have to understand that. You see, what what Jesus is teaching, what God was teaching in Deuteronomy was because of the hardness of our hearts, people will divorce. And they're teaching the sin is marrying. We're going to get into this a little more next week, but we have to understand that God, out of his mercy and his grace, will forgive those who have gone through divorce. Now, it's a sin like anything else. God will forgive. Okay? So I want to give that hope out there. God will forgive and does forgive. We see examples in Scripture about God's per, how God wants. Look at look at look at um, Hosea and Gomer. Gomer was an unfaithful adultery, committed adultery. Now, at some point, we don't have it recorded in God's Word, but we see from what Jesus Himself says that actual adultery, God no longer requires death. Now, we don't have it in Scripture, but because of Jesus' own words, at some point, some prophet made a statement from God that allowed, even in divorce, it's okay to get divorced and remarry, because we're going to cover that next week, for actual adultery. But God, his example was, God divorced Israel, right? Because of her unfaithfulness, time and time and time again. What's the, what, what's the truth that Jesus mentioned? Or the, when he asked Peter, you know, or Peter asked Jesus, well, how many times should I forgive someone? Up to seven? I mean, I'm, the whole, I mean for me to forgive someone up to that shows how righteous I am. No, and Jesus, and Jesus said, no, seven, 70 times seven. How many times was Gomer unfaithful to Hosea? Yes, he divorced, put her out. You notice he never remarried, though, did he? God never took, got rid of, and there was a lot of teaching out there that God got rid of Israel and the church replaces Israel. Folks, that's a heresy teaching, okay? God never divorced Israel. He, I mean, God divorced Israel, but he never took on another nation. Israel is his unfaithful wife, and one day he will bring her back. Here's the key. Because he divorced her and he never remarried another, he can now bring back his unfaithful bride, wife. That's the key of what's being talked about. If there's a situation where someone is unfaithful, the whole point of, of any kind of thing with sin is reconciliation, right? Sometimes you've got to let them go to the point that they hit rock bottom. And let me tell you, Gomer hit rock, bar, rock bottom. She was sold on a, on, a, on a slave block for no more than like a couple dollars. 
And Hosea is the one that bought her back. Okay? We have to understand the truth about what it says about divorce. God divorced, God divorced her, but never took on another, another wife. See, many times there are reasons and times for separation because of divorce. Either an unfaithful husband or an unfaithful wife. There comes a time when, especially if you've got children, you need that separation because the influence is so horrible. You need to get divorced and separate for the purpose of reconciliation. That's what Deuteronomy was teaching. But that's not what the scribes and Pharisees were teaching. That's not what the world today is teaching. And God says because they were teaching erroneous and they're, they're actually allowing adultery to take place, the land was corrupted. And we see the truth of that in our own, our own world today. See, there's reasons for a divorce. But the purpose is for forgiving and reconciling the two back together. And as we we'll look at next week, Jesus very clearly said, he put that other, other caveat in there in verse 32, that except for the cause of fornication, the actual, then you can get divorced and remarry. Now that was a change. And we'll go over that a little bit next week. but Because next week we're going over what Jesus is teaching about divorce. Today was what the Pharisees were teaching. What the world teaches. We need to be faithful to God's word. Even when we don't like it. I'll be honest, there's a lot of scripture I don't like. The reason I don't like it is because I'm, I'm my own sinful nature. We have to understand that. Jesus, through all this, is teaching about confronting, having us confront our own self-righteousness. That's what he's doing. And we need to be honest with ourselves. I like the little kid here. I don't know which one said it. But to be truthful. We have to be truthful with ourselves when it comes to God's word with verses we don't like. Why don't we like them? Usually it's because of sin in our life. But understand, I'm going to leave you with this. God hates it, doesn't like it, never condones it, but he will forgive it. He will forgive. Just like every other sin, God will forgive. And you can still walk in his grace and his mercy as a child of God, even if you've been through a divorce, even if you've remarried, you can still serve God. Okay? It's just a sin like any other but it does have sometimes a lot more consequences that are worse than other sins. But God loves us and has allowed us to do things for because of his grace he allows. Let's stand and pray. Thank you for tuning into the podcast of Grandview Baptist Church in Anchorage, Alaska. For more information, visit our website at gbcak.org.